What I want to share with you today just included what has just happened in this building, even streaming. Sounds. You know, there's a lot of things that that we experience on an everyday basis that we seldom give thought to. We just kind of go on autopilot, don't we? We've all said that when we're in poor health, we didn't know how to appreciate our good health until we lost that good health. Can I hear an amen? amen? And so we trust that we will never take it for granted again, but you know what we do? We take it for granted again until we're sick again. And then we say, I said I wouldn't do this. And somewhere along the way, we get better at being thankful for the small things that are really very big things. And one of the things that we've just experienced is the power of sound. How many enjoyed the songs today? And do we appreciate the fact that we can actually hear it? You do now because I brought your attention to it. And so that's just who we are. God knows that about us. We just, we just go on with life and the things that are kind of just automatically taken care of, we just, it takes a while to catch up to realize, wow, I, I need to have a more thankful heart. Well, when it comes to sounds, it is an auditory effect. It is the um, sensation produced a stimulation in the hearing organs by vibrations. Now, those of us that have tinnitus and those of us that have hearing loss have had studies done, and we know a little bit more about how the inner ear works. The young that may not be challenged in any kind of way have learned in school and taken some tests along the way. But what I want to draw our attention to is that there's really a power behind sound. And the Bible is replete with giving us example after example how God uses sound to bring effect to this planet and how he brings effect to our lives. You see, the Bible tells us over and over about the sound of God's voice. Biblical record of God's voice. We've, we know throughout the Psalms, it is the psalmist that comes along many times and says, God sent his voice into the world, or God sent his voice in the earth. We know that the Genesis account, over and over again, speaks as well of God's audible voice being creative. The biblical record is, and God said, and it became. God said, let there be light, and there was light. On and on throughout the creation story, we see that it was as a result of God speaking. I, for one, I was in Jerusalem talking to a scribe by the name of Shlomo, Solomon, and uh, he came back to me, and we were having discussion, and he said, how do you feel about all this? I said, I believe the biblical record. I know that there's translations, 
But I believe that God created a language that I believe the original language was Hebrew. And he created it as a tool. And he used it to create with. Because again, everything that God created, God said, God spoke, and it became. Well, that same voice continued to speak even to the first human creation, Adam or Adam and Eve as we call the first man and woman. And we know that God spoke to them. We, we know that he spoke to them in, in fellowship, but also in judgment. The story goes on throughout the word of God of sounds, and again, many times being a voice. We know as we go on throughout scripture, when Jesus is being baptized by John, we recognize the story there that the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came down, but in the heavens, uh, the voice of God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Once again, an audible voice that the scriptures bear out was a sound. I want you to um, turn with me to John chapter 10. If you'll stand one more time as we read God's word together. John 10, verses 1 through 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, these are the words of Jesus, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let it communicate to us again today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated, because this is going somewhere that will help each one of us. Today we've already sung about the name of Jesus and singing the name, speaking the name of Jesus. This sound, this thing of sound. Now here, of course, it's describing a shepherd, especially in that day, but currently throughout the Middle East. Again, being in Jerusalem, I was able to go to to shepherd's fold, and again, you see those limestone caverns that just lace that region, and typically a shepherd would lead the sheep into a cave because it has one entrance, and the same entrance is the exit, and the shepherd will sleep right there. there therefore, no one else can get in that he won't give permission to and protect the sheep, and they're very comfortable knowing that I'm protected. My shepherd's watching over me. So we, we hear and understand that now it may not be auditory, but the Word of God, Jesus is teaching us as well that my sheep know my voice. We hear His voice in multiple ways. We've heard His voice today through song, and I hear an amen. amen. Sometimes it's that inner voice 
No one else hears it, but you just know there's instruction being given to you. How many have experienced that? Sure. So he says, my sheep know my voice. Now, other voices will try to speak into our life, but we don't know that voice. And it's healthy to realize I need to know the voice of my shepherd. Because if somebody else tells me to do something. You know, I've one of the games that I played as a child, uh, usually at church in some kind of fellowship day, was Simon Says. Anybody, anybody there with me? How many times have we been tripped up? When we really get into the rhythm of that thing, and we've already surpassed 75% of the others that don't know how to play the game well enough, and finally it just comes up and says, take two steps forward, and there we are, because we're going to beat everybody else, and we realize, but Simon didn't say to do that. And we lose out as well. You learn to listen to that voice giving the instruction, and you learn to trust it. So again, we, we know throughout the Word of God, again, sounds. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound that came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house. It was a sound that entered in that place. But it wasn't just those in the room, biblical account. Even those outside that gathering heard the sound and come running to find out what that sound was about. We know that there's even a time, of course, that God speaks to churches. Throughout Revelation, we find seven churches, and again, the message to each one of them, he's speaking to them, and again, the message to each church is, he, the person who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. So again, all these different examples of God speaking, of sounds, sometimes a creative voice, sometimes an auditory voice, sometimes that inner voice, and now a voice of the Spirit that we begin to understand. These sounds. Matter of fact, the Bible records that there is a sound that will wake the dead. Because the Bible tells us that there will be a voice of the archangel and the blast of a trumpet. And the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Now that's quite a sound, folks. Again, we know a lot of scriptures, but have we paralleled it to sound? We know the verbiage, but this power of sound. Jesus, again, reminds us, we've seen John the Revelator recording it, Revelation 3 and 20, when Jesus is saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. How many have seen that picture? I don't know who the photographer was that day way back then on Patmos, but we've still got the picture. But notice again the wording of Scripture. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody hears my knock, no. Anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Again, that sound and the importance of responding to that sound. 
Then we hear about the sound of light. And again, when you, the sciences, some say that, that light doesn't make sound, others say, but it does, and you get into the discussion. But with the sound of light, by definition, a synesthetic sculpture which interprets dynamically and transforms sunlight into frequencies. The sound of light. That just kind of started speaking to me. And, and, and again, I'm taking some liberty. But yet it still causes us to think a little deeper. I wonder what the sound of heaven is really like. The city of light, where we won't need any artificial light, for we know that Jesus is there. See, this stuff gets my juices going. When we get to be able to peer into that glass darkly at times, and that privilege of having a mind that can reason and think and and start exploring. How many times as a pastor have I been with someone who I knew they, and they knew they were in their last days or hours, and, and do you have any, any more sensitivity? Have you had any experience of what is just ahead for you? But I think about that city of light. And if in fact, if, if sound uh, of light actually has frequencies, Can you imagine the music of heaven? Can you imagine the sounds that would just be joyful? You see, for us, we are called to be children of light. And that passage comes out when it talks about the darkness of the day and the day of the Lord approaching. But we are to be children of the light, children of the day. We are to respond different. How do we do that? What Again, just giving some liberty, what would the sound of light be from us? Because again, to defend my position, the Bible is always telling us, do not be of darkness. You once were darkness, but you've been called into his marvelous light. So there is a distinction between darkness and light. And when we add sound to it, what does that mean to us? I believe that on this very platform, just moments ago, we were enjoying the sound of light through song. I believe as we get together and we lift holy hands of the Lord and we are audibly praising God. How many times have you heard me as your pastor saying, Don't, praise is more than something that you think. It's something that we do. The Bible says that the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise, it is that audible expression that we recognize God and praise God for his marvelous works. There's an old song I grew up with. I won't sing it, but I'll just start it for you, see if you recognize it. It took a miracle to put the stars in place. You see, you're thinking about How incredible God is, but again, infusing so many things in our everyday living, and we don't even recognize what he's doing for us. This sound of light, this praise. How many knows that the word of God bears out that God inhabits our praise? I don't know about you, but that thrills me to death. 
to think that in any moment of struggle, by just a volunteer act on my part of faith to praise God, in that moment, I have an assurance and a promise that God's even closer with me than before I stepped out in faith and started praising. The scriptures also bear it out. I'll use the King James. Draw, God says, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. That, that step of faith that says, God, quite honestly, I don't feel like praising anything right now. So don't take it personal. I just don't feel like praising anything. I'm down. I'm discouraged. I'm at a time of loss. My best friend just hurt my feelings. My dog bit my big toe. You know who you are. I don't feel like praising you right now. But he said, I'll inhabit that praise. I love the passage when it says, and God will enthrone himself in the praises of Israel. Enthrones himself. Man, we get the whole kingdom moving through the power of sound that emanates from us. Come on, somebody. Does the Bible not tell us that life and death is in the power of the tongue? And it's referencing speech. Let me take you to Joshua chapter 6 and on in the next chapters. But it's chapter 6 that describes to Joshua what's about to happen with the power of sound. As they are coming into their promised land. And they come in and this fortified structure known as Jericho. The walls are so thick that they have chariot races on the tops of the walls. To know, it says that as the children of Israel were moving in from Egyptian bondage into this promised land, the word got out. I don't know if somebody texted all of them or they were TikToking or what they were doing, but they got the word. Maybe Facebook. And the Bible says, and Jericho was tightly Shut up. Nobody got in and nobody got out. How are we going to get into there? And God's instruction to Joshua, here's what you do. You go around those walls every day for six days. On that seventh day, this is what you're going to do. And they honored it. And the Bible says that they blasted, the priests blasted the trumpets, the power of sound, But it wasn't until the people gave a great shout and those walls came down with the power of sound. Wow. Yeah, I remember those walls coming out. Again, some speculation, but some feel like when the walls fell, they just fell flat and it created, instead of just rubble to climb over, created ramps for them to come in and take possession of what God had promised them. But the power of sound. And so finally, one more thing I want to share with you where we really get involved every day. It's another sound and it comes from the story of Purim. And it's the story of Esther. 
saving an entire nation with her faithfulness. And her uncle, Mordecai. And, and they're getting, of course, you, as many of you know the story, if not, you need to read it. But we, we realized that there was an evil plot to destroy an entire nation of people. And the man leading that evil charge, his name was Haman. And Haman had it all set up, perfectly orchestrated, where he was going to exterminate this entire nation and have himself vaulted in a position of great leadership. Of course, many of you know the story that Esther, of course, was used of the Lord and saved the day. And Haman would die as a result of his evil deed. But here's what we need to know. There's a tradition in the Jewish community at Purim that there's a little box, a little thin wooden box, and it has a handle on the bottom side. And they are to hold it up. And when they whirl it, it grinds. And it makes a grinding noise. And those of you that don't know that, it's, the name of this in the Hebrew is Rashan, but it, we know it is a grogger. And when the families teach the children about how a nation was saved and spared, they do it with a noisemaker known as the grogger, a sound. And what they're teaching their children is, as they tell the story of Purim, and every time the name Haman is being spoke, they drown out his name. Oh, come on, somebody. Every time evil is represented, they institute a new sound to overtake that evil sound. Oh, come on, somebody. And so it is with us to learn that same lesson. We know we'll face evil, but what are we going to do with it? What many of us do is, and I don't know, maybe some have experienced this, but when you're going through a problem, how many find out it's hard not to dwell on the problem? And the more that you dwell on it, the more it stays with you. And we know we did a brain series on how we think and that looping of our thoughts that just go over and over and over. And you tell yourself, I don't want to think of that person's name one more time. Oh, I can't get their name out of my head. I don't want to think about her one more time. That sorry load down. Well, you know who she is, God. That jerk of a guy, supposed to be my boyfriend. That husband of mine, that wife of mine, that pastor. You better not do that. <laughs> Just seeing if you're still out there. And you see, we're learning a lesson again of the power of sound. To be able to come to a place where, and maybe you don't have a grogger. And maybe you can't go up. You know, if, if somebody's telling you something you don't want to hear, how many of you go, la, 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 la. <laughs> Those of you visiting that, I don't always preach this way. I didn't have breakfast this morning, so maybe that's my excuse. But. No, I try to have fun to bring out important things. You see, the enemy's going to come at you. And there's going to be an evil report. 
What are you going to do? If somebody sees you driving down I-75 next week, and they look over and you're going, la, 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 la. They ha- will have a clue what you're doing, but you can just know in your heart the devil tried to give me an evil report, and I am not going to receive that evil report. Stand with me.